program that into the yeah into yeah, the thing. What thingy. do these buttons do again? One of them claps. I think C claps. Let's introduce him and clap. Are you recording? Yeah, we're live. Apes are live. Apes are live. Apes are live. Today we have a very special guest, a guest that is one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends, and who is now a singer songwriter, performer, dancer, <laughs> artist, a, a renaissance, a renaissance man, truly. That's crazy. How old are you? I'm 21. 48. Only 21. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually friend? 52. But uh, you know, music industry. Welcome to the age. show, man. <laughs> All Thanks for joining us. So, um, bro, on the way over here, you uh, showed me some of your music. I know you can't really show anyone; it's unreleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but that was really good. Thank and, you. And uh, I think it's, dude. I don't know how you do it, but I've kind of been firsthand with Adri, and it's hard to get production that's yeah. like really good like that. You know, I've gotten really lucky, which is just people. I've met people around me that are really good at it. Um, my producers for the songs you heard, mm -hmm. well, one of them is actually a big producer. His name's Sagawe Black. It was amazing to work with him. It was one of my childhood dreams to be able to work with him. He he produced for a Nicky Jam for yeah. like most of his hits are his, and and that was just like, thank God I had the opportunity to work with him. But the uh, most of my other songs are, are friends of mine. Uh, their names are Otto and Saki. That's their producer name. Otto. Otto. You met you met yeah, Otto, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He's the man. Dude is like genuinely one of the best people i've ever met both of them and and they're incredibly talented they mm. really know what they're doing and and it's just awesome that people that like i get along with so well are the people i get to work with um the industry's hard let's say that it's nice to have found my group in the industry this early on because that's usually the the hardest part about it mm. um people the industry is really hard in general, so people always look for what they can use you for. It's, it's, uh, like, I can curse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. It's, it's okay. the internet. Honestly, you can say whatever you want. It's fucked. Like, genuinely fucked because the industry, people just look for opportunities. It's a hard industry, so it's hard to make it. So everyone just looks at what opportunities they could take advantage of with you. So they'll, act friendly with you and then behind your back they'll say shit or mm. or they'll say like oh he'll never make it but they'll be friends with you just in case because mm. it's it's literally the, the industry is about connections that's mm -hmm. it like if any anyone that tells you oh, otherwise they're fucking lying <laughs> do you do you feel that because it's so much about connections and don't take this the wrong way because i've asked you about it before yeah. do you think that because it's so much about connections um there's maybe a lot of people that see you as like Oh, the reason he's blowing up is because of Fanny. Yeah, of course. Some, and some context: Fanny, Fanny Lou is his mom, mm -hmm. and she's a very big Latin Land singer, pop, pop music singer. Uh, tropic, pop, uh, tropic pop, pop, pop tropica. Yeah, pop So do you do you think like, <laughs> exactly? <laughs> do you think like people see you as like oh he's he's blowing up because of his mom? Dude, I could literally be from the ghetto and people would still be saying he's only blowing up because of something like you, you know it's it's people will always find a way to try to bring you down because mm -hmm. if you're popping and they're not they need to make an excuse um it's not just that like i get it there's people that work their asses off that just don't get the chance that they have the talent that have the discipline that have the work ethic that just don't get the chance but it's it's an issue where it's like yeah, I understand. But the reason I want to make it is because I want to help those people. Um, a lot of my close friends are people in, that have been working at this their whole lives that are just looking for the opportunity and I'm trying to give it to them. You know, mm -hmm. um, Of course, I, I come from a privileged position in the fact that my mom isn't is from the industry, so she's given me opportunities that I wouldn't normally get. But... I work my ass off. Yeah. Like, this is literally my life. Mm -hmm. My music is my soul. It's mm -hmm. the way... I started writing music when I was 11. Uh, I've been recording since I was 16. Uh, it's it's a journey, you know? I, I compose for other artists. I I work my ass off. I just got back from a trip to uh, to Puerto Rico. I sang at a, at a festival there. It's called um, Block Party. Uh, it's where a lot of, like, big reggaeton artists have sang before they popped off. and And before that, I was... Where did I go before that? I was in Las Vegas in the Latin Grammys. Like, it's just, it's a lot of traveling, a lot of work. I, I don't think I've slept well in a year and a half. <laughs> but it's... From the same page now. Yeah. <laughs> Different reasons. <laughs> Different reasons. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's... I've never been happier in my life. It's... 
you know a lot about mm-hmm. my struggles. Yeah. I've depression has been one of the hardest things that I've dealt with my entire life. I've always had it basically since I was 11. I've had a lot of issues mentally. Um not schizophrenic or anything. Hold up, hold up. Not schizophrenic or anything. Uh-huh. I'm not Kanye. Um anyway, um but he's bipolar I think. He he's, he's definitely too. schizophrenic. He's, he's a paranoid schizophrenic, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. There's no way you say the shit he says and don't have a warped perception of reality. I am sorry. And the worst part's I'm a fan, dude. I yeah. love his music. That's unfortunate. Kanye is one of my idols. That's why it hurts so much to see him fall off like this. Do you think um this is something I'm always pitching. Do you think Bad Bad Bunny is more uh, similar to Kanye or to Drake as a figure in his respective industry? I think he's like a mix because he innovates, but he also makes hits. Like it's for his last album, he made cumbia sound around the entire world. You know, that's that's a thing that's exclusively Latin, and it ended up being number one on the charts. Cumbia? Cumbia. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah. genre. It's a language. Mm-hmm. Después de la playa. Después de la playa is cumbia. Every time I listen to Bad Bunny, right? Cause yeah. I, I just say I, people really love him, and then I, I'll listen to the whole album. But it's always the. That reggaeton. But cumbia, cumbia is is different. Cumbia, if you listen to Después de la playa, it literally switches at the middle to to cumbia. Cumbia is a very traditional um, Latin music form. It's it's. Uh, from República Dominicana, it's it's something that's that's always been ingrained in our culture. It's like salsa, it's like bachata, mm. it's it's something profoundly Latin. Mm. Um, and he made it sound in the entire world. He he also put even R and B in that in that album. Like he he tries everything before everyone else, and that's the reason he is where he is. He he innovates, and he also knows how to make you listen to the music. What what I've always said is. Bad Bunny was the first artist to figure out how to make an entire song a hook. If you go to one of his concerts, everyone knows every single word of every single song. Like, dude basically doesn't have to sing. Yeah. He walks on stage and he does this and the entire stadium sings for him. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's... He's a movement. But how does he do that? His style, man, and the things he writes about, the way he is, he's so unapologetically him mm-hmm. that people connect with that. There's so much fake shit. Nowadays, everything around you is fake right now. Bro, all the rappers, all the rap songs, you spin around the block, all that shit. Drake. I mean, and there's people that live that life. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> and there's people that really live that life, and and yeah. and they rap about it. But what I, what I'm talking about is, dude is dude was not afraid to do shit that no other artist could have ever done. When he released Yo Perreo Sola, he 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 literally dressed up as a woman, and he danced on himself. <laughs> you know, like this is this is some time where where reggaeton was profoundly misogynistic where we're to the point where anything gay or or anything to do with with anything that would make you kind of look gay was completely bashed mm. and he did it anyway mm. and it sh- the ship blew up and and he changed the sound of reggaeton in general because he took a lot of um inspiration from uh, american music and the production and put it into latin music and made it sound commercial where i hear people that are completely american that don't know a word of spanish that love yeah. bad bunny's music yeah yeah like sure. it's crazy the, the dude went number one on billboard he has the most streamed album yeah he has the most streamed album in a single day of all time if taylor swift didn't break that i think taylor swift I got close he he also has they they gave him top top album of the year yeah he, of the year he, the he got latin album yeah he got he was the first latin um album to ever be nominated for the american um grammys um, as a Latin, as a Latin artist, fully Spanish Latin, no, Latin yeah, he's on album. Top right now. He's on top. He's the number one streamed artist for the last four years in a row. Uh, he he he's Drake but Latin. You know, no, he's Kanye. He's Kanye but Latin. I mean, because he Drake is bigger than Kanye. Drake was bigger than Kanye for a long time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but maybe is, maybe he's like if they I had mean, a baby. Drake, and then and we're gonna get into this. I don't want to say some shit. That <laughs> no, but like I'm saying, like influence wise, Drake is big. Maybe, maybe not. No, not Drake is bigger influence wise. Drake is bigger influence wise. Kanye but, is bigger within the industry. Drake is bigger with the general public. But yeah, but doesn't doesn't Kanye like that's that's what I'm saying? Influence wise, doesn't Kanye like you said before? I'll quote you. Kanye changed the rap game three times. Yeah, ba- Bad Bunny's like done that leading he yeah. he makes the wave he doesn't yeah. ride it like like drake right drake rides the wave yeah. kanye makes the wave i mean but drake rides the wave and he does it better than anyone else 
cool lit yeah awesome but but, but bad bunny makes the wave and like, then he gets on the top of the wave yeah, yeah that's, that that's shit, the bro. thing that's why i'm saying he's like drake and kanye mixed okay because he changes the game and he's still the best at it you know like he's still the best at the wave he just created like he mm -hmm. doesn't just change it he lives it like it's it's something that's he's something we've never seen before and i don't think we're ever going to see again <laughs> i i want to be okay this is just talking about my dreams i want to be bigger than them that is Fuck my goal yeah bro Let's i, I want to be the biggest artist the world has ever seen i feel like every every single person that goes into something wants to be the best at what they do mm -hmm. I, my mentality has always been if i'm going to do something i, I want to be number one yeah not because i want to be better than anyone else but because i feel like that's the mentality i have to have in, if i want to go where i want to go in terms of uh music and the kind of stuff you uh sing about and the the kind of beats you use what do you think you're missing like don't don't talk about uh, people or production or anything of your music what do you think is missing to get you to that level i feel like it's not necessarily that i'm missing anything from my music i feel like i just need to find my line you know like the the line I, I follow my style by myself you know like i i love a lot of music i do music that i love i've always said that I'm, I'm a lover of music before i'm an artist so i'd love to make the music i love to listen to so it's it's more about figuring out what my identity is going to be as an artist because it's not like playing a character it's just figuring out what your style is it's like Bad Bunny wasn't Bad Bunny six years ago. You know, when he started, he, he did trap and, and he was really good at it. But he he hadn't found his tone of voice, his style, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you listen to Bad Bunny for one second, you know it's Bad Bunny. Yeah. You, you just hear, yeah, 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 you already know it's Bad Bunny. Mm -hmm. That's it, dude. Like, it's literally it. Yeah. And, and it's just finding that and also the exposure, you know? I'm just starting. People take a long time to believe in you. Uh, you can have a hit and you can have two and you can have three and people won't believe you until you're like a couple years in. It, it happens every time. Bad Bunny, the first couple of years he was in the game, he had hits on hits. And a lot of people still didn't believe in him. And and it's been with the years that people have started to love him. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me that there's people here that say, oh, I always loved him. What I know they didn't. <laughs> yeah, there's all, those always pop up regardless. But, you know? It's just everyone loves Bad Bunny now. But everyone, like the majority of, of reggaeton didn't believe in him at the beginning like mm -hmm. there was when he signed with rimas and rimas believed in him from the beginning what? that's that's his record label okay but the independent label he's i think he signed with two or he might just be signed with rimas i'm not 100 percent sure but they always believed in him. um for example arcangel always believed in him yeah yeah um he <laughs> he never shuts up about it <laughs> he but never he i was hearing what you were saying about reggaeton being very misogynistic yeah. from a podcast arcangel did yeah, and he's saying like that. That's one of the reasons Bad Bunny's that big. Yeah, because he didn't. He looked at that shit. And he said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that." Mm. And he turned around and and he made a song called "Solo de Mi." That's about the abuse of women. It sounds like a love song, but it's a, if you watch the video, it's about yeah. abusing women and and them saying, "Don't call me baby. I'm mine." Mm. Like it's literally him not only making bangers because he does and he has the biggest hits in Latin music history. Um, apart from Despacito, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> literally, um, I think that's like has like over a billion. That's the most streamed so song of all time. Yeah, song then, like period, ever? period ever. The only what? song that uh, sold more song. units than Despacito is White Christmas. From Mariah Carey. Yeah, that's yeah. the only song in history that sold more than that song. Fun fact, I didn't uh, know that. It's 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 crazy. It's one dude. of the most viewed YouTube videos. It's also. the most viewed music. Is it video. the most? It has like two point eight billion views. <laughs> what happened to Gangnam Style? Um, it fell behind because it was novelty, dog. Like, but what? It broke some record. Yeah, it, no, it, it was the most record. viewed video for a long time. Okay. Um, it broke over a billion. I think it was the first video on YouTube to break over a billion views. Fuck, man. That's was, crazy. That was a pretty cool video. Yeah, everyone was doing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I remember, I, dude, I was fucking, I was like, what, thirteen, dude? Yeah. I was like, I was like, holy yeah, shit, yeah. what is this? Yo, but um, to kind of touch up on what you said, like that, he, you know, used to be a little bit more misogynistic. Yeah, a little closer, I think. Oh, like, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, for real. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, it used to be a little bit more misogynistic. I think that. Dude, I just don't want to keep moving this shit. I mean, I, I I don't mean it was necessarily... Like, it wasn't a good thing, but I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing either. No, no, like, no. Like, it's just like... uh, It's it's the culture, you know? No, I could, I could agree with you completely. But I'm just saying... uh, What I was going to say is that I think throughout all many of the genres, 
you know, like you see like Harry Styles, you see like Lil Nas. Mm-hmm. They, hmm. They're kind of introducing, making it a little bit more acceptable mainstream. The only thing that I don't like about it is like, the I think Bad Bunny can do it like in a tasteful way, but like Lil Nas, like twerking on the devil, having sex with the Oh, yeah, I, so, I agree 100% with you. That's like... That's distasteful. Dude, it's, it's like... Yeah, it's like... Pranks. It's not even necessarily that, like do what you want. It's just the fact that you're going so far to the extreme for like rage clicks that you're like it's literally what it is <laughs> like it's controversy you know you're hitting off controversy and Lil Nas knew how to pivot off of it like yeah. he's one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now but but it's just I feel like you don't need to go so far to the extreme to prove your point like I feel like you're alienating a lot of people by going so far to the other I side agree. I agree. Um, it's it's just like do what you want you're the artist and honestly I think it's ridiculous that that there are so many anti-gay people and anti-everything in the world. Like, dude, I mean, I'm not asking you to kiss a, kiss a dude, Doug. Like, I'm, all I'm asking you is to just not listen to the music if you don't want to. You don't have to hate. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, human relationships relations are always going to be a fucking mess. <laughs> We're all flawed as fuck. Um, that's including myself. Like, I've I've had a lot of, like, bad ideas that I've over the years I've changed. Like, before someone puts words in my mouth, I was never racist <laughs> oh. or or anti-gay or anything like that. But I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to realize and we need to accept about humanity. We are all flawed. We all have our own problems and we need to learn how to accept that and grow. I feel like people are so used to criticizing because they don't want to look inside and see what's wrong with them. Yeah. Um, that includes artists too because I feel like a lot of artists are... Look at Lil Pump. For example, did you see did you see his his interview where where this dude asked him like, oh, do you think J Cole was right about your fall off? And dude turned around and said, no, I'm still here. Like, bro, you're selling a thousand copies, homie. Mm-hmm. Like, but didn't you say that that's how you have to believe though? I mean, to a certain extent, but you can't be fucking like, how high are you? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, dude, you have to accept that there's something wrong to change it because. If I saw Lil Pump go up there and be like, J. Cole is right, I'm trying to learn from that and grow, I guarantee you he gains back half his audience. Mm. But being so fucking egocentric and so in denial that you deny that type of shit is what makes it so hard for people to root for him. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's like, dude, if he came out and he said, J. Cole was right, I fucked up. I'm trying to make new music and I'm trying to find my wave and and and." Get back to where I was. I guarantee you, a shit ton of people would be down to to, to ride with him. I don't know though, because like you're even, especially in that, that domain, like it's all about being hard and shit, and like it, it's not rewarded. Lil Pump was not part of the gangster rap scene, dude. Lil Pump was fucking SoundCloud, SoundCloud rap, yeah. and that's not necessarily bad. There's really good artists that came out of that, like X. X. Like, uh, dude, we hung out the day X died. Yeah, I, I remember we yeah. saw it on Twitter. We're like, what? The we fuck? started playing X all day. I I knew X Chance. before he blew up, before his uh, Look at Me song. You because knew X? yeah, because no, I didn't know him in person. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I knew his music because my you one of my friends <laughs> at three a.m. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just like, dude was. So, that's another dude that. It's so sad that everything that happened with him, but. Mm. Uh, I knew him before he blew up because, uh, not knew him, I knew of him, because one of my friends was his biggest fan, like his biggest fan. Um, he he had a song with like Rich Brian, I can't say his old name. <laughs> um, oh. I don't think it's Rich yeah, Rich Chigga. Yeah. Rich Chigga. Uh, people got offended, I don't fucking know, man. Man, is that why he changed his name? Uh, he changed his name to Rich Brian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but is that... Is yeah, that because one? it's like the slang term for... Yeah, yeah, but... I don't fucking know. Wait, not, was it actually... His Chiga? name was Rich Chigga. But like actually, actually Yeah, it was like... Like yeah. just... Or he's Asian. Think, he think, can't put... Oh. Think, think about... But, yeah, no, no, of course. But but it wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. It's just people get pissed about everything. I'm talking to you. I didn't know I didn't know that's why he changed his name. Yeah, that's why he changed his name. He's, he got he's good. He's like actually really good. Shit, yeah. Super underground right now, but he's nice with it. He's nice with it. Yeah. And they had a song together that we used to love mm-hmm. because he, uh, X used to do like real like trap shit, yeah. like hard fucking scream. Like like look at me, 
and and my friend loved his music he was a super fan so i knew a lot about him before he blew up but mm. after he blew up i really started listening to him i i think his style of rap is something that should come back uh i'm kind of tired of all the i have money and bitches like dude you've been saying that for six years we get it but, <laughs> i still have money <laughs> i still got money and bitches and like nice bro don't you think like the same thing happens in reggaeton yes and, to a certain and, extent that's why bad bunny hit so hard because he doesn't only do that exactly but he does that also he does he okay. does but like bang like you're always gonna have to have that one banger but he's still he's still like rap like he does about other shit mm -hmm. you know like he mm -hmm. talks about a lot of stuff mm -hmm. um i feel like it's gotten to a point where a lot of artists are repeating the same fucking shit over and over and over again and it's gotten to the point where it's so tired and like you you hear it I swear to God, you hear new artists that sound exactly like big established artists, and you're like, dude, do your shit. Like, you, you're clearly not fucking Drake, so stop trying to be him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you you gotta find your own sound. If not, no one's gonna listen to you. Yeah. Because sure. if if they have your music next to Drake's song, are they gonna go listen to Drake or you? Exactly. If it's the same yeah, shit, yeah. why the fuck would they go to you to listen to yeah. Knock Off Drake? Makes sense. Completely. Can I ask you? You mentioned something about pivoting a little while ago. Yeah. And we we're talking about it in the car too. Mm -hmm. What what does it take for an artist to get a hit song and then keep that wave going? So we were, the example we were talking about is Kevin, yeah, with uh, the Visar session. What's the song even called? Is it's literally just called Visar session. It? Yeah, that's the way it works. I also think that that had a big impact because the name is literally his name. Right. So a lot of people knew who he was. So what what do you think it takes to like you get a hit song? How, how do you keep that going and not just fall off as some loser everything uh, if it comes to music if it comes to influencers anything even as a youtuber something like that even as a podcast, as a podcast. it's literally it's the same thing it's all about timing if you release the right song at the right time you can keep the wave what i was telling you in the car was literally like um this dude for example Quevedo, his song went worldwide literally the second it dropped mm -hmm. And it was doing numbers. If you look at Bizarrap sessions before that one, there's a lot of them that do shit ton of numbers. Bizarrap's gotten to the point where he releases anything and it has 50 million views in five days. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just that big in the Latin music industry. But a lot of the other artists didn't know how to pivot. Like we we're talking to to use that clout and that that attention wave to continue building on it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them just rode the wave that the song was giving and they didn't release music and they and they kind of fell off a little bit. Like, they, they still became artists and big artists off of it, but they didn't explode the way Quevedo did. Mm -hmm. Quevedo's the first artist, I mean, the biggest artist that's ever come out of a B-Side obsession. Mm -hmm. he, he blew it up and he already, I don't know if it was him or his management, I'm assuming it was him, knew that he needed to keep the audience there. So he had another song ready. So when the song started blowing up, Two weeks in, he released the next one. So that when people went to listen to the B-Set Obsession and they clicked on his profile, the first thing they saw was, there's a new song. So they finished listening to, to his, his session and then they went to listen to the other one. And they liked it. So they started following him. So it's a timing thing. It's a timing thing. It's literally a timing thing. And then they, he released Bistar Mare and it went super it super hit. Another mm -hmm. one. He has 180 million view, uh, streams on that in three months, two months. Like, it's crazy what he's been able to do. He has 32 million monthly listeners. He leapfrogged 90% of the... Literally, that's what yeah, it was. like the whole game. The whole game. He's yeah. like the third biggest Latin artist in the world right now. Like, he's... Before this year, most people didn't know who he was. He was big in Spain, but that was about it. I heard about him before because of one song that was a hit of his before that was called Cayo La Noche. Ya Cayo La Noche. You haven't heard it? No, I haven't heard it. Uh, it it was because this dude like grabbed the chorus and remixed it uh, some dj i don't i don't know who it was exactly okay. and it, and it became like a club thing that's mm -hmm. where i heard it um i think that ties in also a little bit with how, what you were saying earlier just to interject what? about like people doubting you about things and then uh you, how it's important to um a lot of it is timing right so yeah. a lot of it is just connections and you making sure like that so i mean there's this quote that i think we've discussed before that's like Luck is just when hard work means uh, meets opportunity. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you just keep working hard, eventually the opportunity will come, and then everyone will say you're lucky. Exactly. Okay. Um, there's one quote that I think it's just exemplifies the music industry. It takes ten years to become an overnight sensation. Mm. Yeah. 
no Fade. one is an overnight sensation. Let, look at Fade. Fade's been a, a composer for a lot of big artists. Mm-hmm. He he wrote for Reiko and whatever. He's been releasing music literally for 10 years, you know? It never worked. But... Till three, four years ago that he hit a song. I don't remember what the first song he hit was, but I, I knew him. I was late to the wave. But you I, knew, I knew him? Or? No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. <laughs> his music, his music. <laughs> I, like um, I, was late, I was late to the wave because... Uh, I started listening to him when he hit Chimbita. Chimbita is a song he hit like three years ago. Um, and that song was like one of his bigger hits coming into this wave. Now he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you walk in Miami in Halloween, everyone was dressed up as fate with the glasses and, and with the word with Fercho written on it. Okay. He, he's, he's, he knew how to pivot too because he started singing uh love songs dude mm. like ballads yeah, <laughs> type yeah. shit like genuine love songs and he knew when that wasn't working and he pivoted and he really went hard on the Medellin culture yeah you know what i mean like it's it's he really went hard on the slang and on the underground Medellin feel and he made that his culture so that's why he says puta chimba all, all those this colombian slang yeah yeah because that's his identity that's the identity he assumed to get to where he is today he was already an incredible uh he had all the connections he used to write for for everyone that wrote with sky mm-hmm. that's actually where his nickname came from sky used to uh, his his artist name was fade but sky didn't like to call him sky, fade uh, sky rompiendo el bajo the producer. producer yeah okay sky uh he composed a lot with sky and sky didn't like calling him fade so he would just call him fercho even though his real uh, name is Salomon. Okay. Wait, so is is adaptability useful? Like, of course, there's the, everything. Or, but is it is it because you need to kind of try everything until you find your style? Or it's, is it just... Because some people would say, I mean, that's a debate in, of its, in and of itself. Like, does Drake have... Is Drake diverse in the music that he makes and stuff yeah. like that? Drake. Uh, 100%. Um, adaptability is probably the most important thing for an artist not not to find a sound like you it takes years for you to really find your sound and i'm 100 i'm not 100 sure i already found mine you know like it takes a, a long time to find your style and your and your sound that's the biggest part about being an artist you have to find who you are within the music and what's your style what you're trying to say what your what your goal is you know um because at the end of the day you're making music for people that you're not making music for yourself because an artist you might as well just stay in your room then like mm. <laughs> yeah but isn't the fact that isn't the fact that there's like these there's certain genres which are just the most popular right like yeah. rap or whatever all of these so is that just the most general that most people like it's yeah. just it's commercial it's like pop music pop music is always going to be one of the biggest genres because it it identifies with most people so like pop songs for example taylor swift people from like since they're six years old until they're 76 will listen to it and like it you know it's mm-hmm. it's just pop it's what it is it's what we're used to mm-hmm. um they're the biggest genres because they're the most commercial it's yeah. just how it is people like pop people you know, like reggaeton has become the biggest genre because it's part of the culture at this point like reggaeton is just true. latin music but what what were you saying say fuck this <laughs> um i kind of have like to see what's more uh, most popular throughout society Sometimes I've thought when listening even to Kanye, he does this sometimes or some other artists, they'll put like, you know, those sounds, which is like uh, a bunch of kids or a group all singing together. Yeah. All like going like uh, choirs. Yeah, exactly. Like choirs in that sense. I, every time I hear it, I'm like, okay, this always sounds good. Right? Mm-hmm. This always sounds good. And then I've thought like I'm very into like evolution and stuff. And I feel like there's just an inherent thing that we like about communities singing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you'll see maybe if you go to like one of these, even these these, uh, societies that have not been like civilized or like, you know, what's that one famous society that they like throw arrows at people who try and... uh, Like on an island. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, um, I know what you're talking about. They killed killed some guy a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He went to do like some. More. I don't fucking yeah. remember. But like they'll but, have yeah. chants and they'll have songs too, yeah. so it is something deep within you know. Oh, and music is part of us. It's always been like there is no recorded history where there wasn't music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's it's uh, as deep as just hitting a rock on another rock. You know, like it's yeah. just something that's really deep within us. I don't I don't know. I don't. 
I couldn't tell you exactly where that comes from, but it's yeah. in every culture in, in the history of the world. Mm. I wonder it's if you so... can make, like, by analyzing someone, because I'm sure, obviously, you can say that people like different types of music mm -hmm. because people are different. Yeah. But I wonder if someone can take, like, you as a subject, or like, me, anyone, and make the perfect song for you like make the song that there's ais that actually do that nowadays for real? yeah, yeah. I, I saw an ai the other day that uh this guy put it to listen to a thousand hours of uh punk punk music and christmas music mm -hmm. and and it made like a, a, <laughs> a christmas punk song and it sounded just like fucking blink 182 mixed yeah. with mariah carey it's, it's just magic, bro. It, it scares me especially because of what we saw earlier this year with, with the ai rapper you saw you guys saw that uh, that Atlantic Records signed a rapper that was literally an AI. What? Uh, an, an augmented reality thing. How, how does that work? Does that mean Atlantic Records owns the Lambda. software? It's like, it's just the, the, it's the image. Like, what really sells for artists isn't necessarily, like, the artist itself. It's the image of the artist. So it's like, okay. for example, that's why Prince, uh, when he came back after his hiatus, he had to go by the artist. Because they had the rights to his name. So he couldn't release music under his name which is so fucked if you think about it yeah it's like they own you own yeah and and the reason he he came back under the artists is because in the songs i mean in the contracts for 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 artists they name the artist the artist they don't name them my name they literally just call them the artist mm. and they're so fucked contracts like do like labels are hard like i i obviously like they're a necessary evil are they? Yeah, because dude, you don't understand how much money it takes to to make an artist hit. Hmm. That's the truth of the of the thing. Most artists that you see around you and that that you see hitting and that you see coming out of nowhere, most of them don't aren't organic. There's a few. There's this dude named Connor Price on TikTok. That motherfucker is so talented. He really made it himself. That's he's one of the signed. only genuine. He's not signed. He's independent. I think Tyler the Creator is also not signed. Tyler, but I think he was signed at some point. I think he was universal. So what's your take on industry plants? Is there really such thing? I mean, honestly, industry plants are like people that were set up by the industry to hit. They say Rosalia was one of those. Every Facts? single fucking yeah. artist you see hitting is a fucking industry plant, dude. <laughs> yeah. Literally yeah. every single one. Like, that's the perception that people need to realize. Yeah. A lot of people were, were hating on Billie Eilish for being an industry plant. Hmm. she's not a fucking industry plant she's another artist yeah. dude i'm telling you these people these people find these artists and like that are singer songwriters whatever and they find someone that they think that they can make blow up and they make them blow up artificially liver king uh <laughs> dude did you see what liver king said literally he's a fugace he came out the other day so yeah i know i saw steroids. that no like, it's literally the same thing dude everything is perception hmm. everything is perception <laughs> around you like it's hard to talk about because I don't know. People really, they want it to be genuine and I understand it. But most artists you see around you aren't there because just randomly one song hit for them one day. Most of them were signed before they even hit. Mm. It, It's so hard to get people's attention nowadays because there's so many artists uh, yeah. with the streaming age. It's a good and a bad thing because people that would never have gotten the chance get the chance. But it also oversaturates music so much that people see artists in your fucking Instagram bio and they hate you. <laughs> because they're this, like, oh, another fucking artist. Damn, that's true. Like, that's genuinely. So they'll look at, like, how many times does that happen to you? Lots. Where you look, where you look at someone's profile and you're like, it says artist and you're like, fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't even give them a chance because there's so many artists and there's so many. But, uh, but half of them are I don't want to say artists. this, but like, genuinely, music, obviously music is down to the listener or whatever. There's so many shit artists, like, complete fucking garbage that... Like, it's, it oversaturates the market to the point where people don't want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to give you a shot. Mm -hmm. So so it takes so many opportunities and things that people actually start believing in you. I, the, the music industry is so fucking hard, man. Like, yeah. uh, I think it's hard, like, for me also to start fucking with someone new. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have my playlist, I have my stuff that I like to hear. It's hard for me to, like, kind of indulge in other new things, especially if they're not already, like, yeah, exactly. big in that way. Like, one of the recent ones that I liked, I forgot, uh, I kind of forgot his name, I think it's Aiden something. Uh, but he makes really good music. And uh, and that was, like, one of the instances where I listened to it, because um, maybe someone showed it to me, and I was like, wow, I really fuck with this style. Yeah. 
and now you know I liked a bunch of his songs. It's it's like that, man. Like you don't you're really closed off. You're you're in your comfort zone. Mm. You have the music you like to listen to. Yeah. Um. This is why I always say the music industry is so competitive because how many artists do you really listen to? Like that you say like you'll check every single drop. How many artists? Give me a number. Zero. Yeah. Really? Maybe like yeah. I don't I don't. I mean, if Drake drops, you're gonna be there, dude. No, I'm not. No. Drake. Uh, there gotta be at least one artist. <laughs> no, not really, bro. Honestly, I, I listened to just uh, I got I I had Amazon Music, which is on. It was better than this than Spotify, and I'll just like it'll kind of get the vibe that I like, and it'll just play me a bunch of new music. See, that's I another think, problem. That bro. is another fucking problem, yeah. because everything's the algorithm. It's like the same problem with TikTok and YouTube. Yeah, like um, you become a slave to the fucking algorithm. You know how it works, and everyone ends up doing the same content because it's what works with the algorithm. It, mm. it it's just we're becoming so efficient that we're shooting ourselves in the foot. That and I'm talking about life in general, like society as a whole. Yeah, we're fo so focused on efficiency. Yeah, that we're losing everything that gives us humanity. We're becoming mm. fucking machines. That's the truth. The That's <laughs> the a crazy That's quote, dude. Like it's we've we're so obsessed with efficiency that we're not genuine anymore. Mm. Everything is I want to make money, so how do I get there? Mm. Um artists making music that they don't actually love because they want to they want to hit. Um That's e even YouTubers trying to do the same content. Like you see you see this problem with Mr. Beast a lot. Like everyone copies Mr. Beast. Nowadays th they all speak the exact same fucking way. Like Yeah. It's just How does he speak? <laughs> hey what's up guys like yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? What welcome back guys? today we're gonna put no he screams inside. the whole time yeah. the, but like no, look screaming. i have so much respect for that dude that's an innovator right he's there. authentic he's authentic as fuck and that's the shit and, the, and he knew how to do it but like he did it right but at the same time he's part of the problem because he thought he was one of the people that were super smart and i respect the fuck out of him for being able to do that but he thought so much about the efficiency that's why he literally talks about in his podcast when he talks um when he goes out to do interviews that he literally tries to show as little of his personality as possible in the videos because then there's nothing that turns you off so he just does the fuck so he just literally just does the anyone could be mr beast really yeah it's just he was the first to do it <laughs> so people love him but they don't really love him yeah it's, him. it's it's hard but people have learned to love him because of all the things he does because mm -hmm. he really is charitable and he does a lot of shit for a lot of people and and he's a genuinely good person like this is not a dude that that's been a fucked up dude but it's just like he figured out how to how to be efficient how to what worked within the youtube algorithm and how to get clicks and him making it so streamlined made it easy to copy and since he proved they could work on a massive scale, everyone wants to get to where he is and they just do the exact same thing he does. And the worst part, it works. Mm -hmm. That's the worst part. Yeah. That people copy him and it works. So when people see this, they don't really care about the art or the I'm being myself. They just care about the money that's coming in. Yeah. So like they 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 feel themselves like they see that they're making the same fucking videos and low effort shit and they're making 200 bands 300 bands a year mm -hmm. so why the fuck would they stop yeah mm. it's like uh, nobody it's hard to to get behind the algorithms and whoever has the formula for the algorithms whoever's programming it really does have most of the power in today's societies like they purport they they can be the deciding factor for literally how much you are in your room working on a song mm -hmm. Because you're not going to be two years working on a song anymore. Yeah. Now you're going to have to do all these. Actually, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I feel like music has become about quantity over quality. How much music you have ready to release. Moreover, how good the song is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not necessarily bad. Like, it's cool sometimes that an artist will release a lot. You know, it's, it's cool because they're giving their fans stuff. Like, uh, someone that does this, and honestly... It's something I've always wanted to talk about because of the label he's under. So basically, he had he signed when he was like what eighteen and be a young boy, and 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 he no, but like it's actually insane like yeah, yeah. what they did to him, or I don't know if he's out of his contract yet, but he signed for like a five record deal. So the way the contract works is when he finishes his fifth album, they the contract ends. So he got to four albums, and he wanted to release the fifth, 
and they were making you know NBA Youngboy managed to make it to like the number three artist in the world at some point. They were making so much money off of what? him that they didn't want to renegotiate. Yeah. They they didn't want to renegotiate his contract because they'd have to pay him a shit ton more, and he'd have the chance to go somewhere else. And can, can they tell him uh, when to drop his? Album? Yeah. So they that's the thing. They can literally tell wait. you you're not releasing. They were making so much money off of him and his rights and his masters that they didn't want to let him go to someone somewhere else or renegotiate his contract and give him more money. So it was literally like after the fourth album, they wouldn't let him release the fifth. They legitimately wouldn't let him. So the dude wanted to release so much and, and loved his fans so much. And this is why I respect him a lot. Like He does dumb shit, yeah. But I respect him a lot for this. Um, he, he started dropping projects that technically don't count as albums. But... Project after project after project after project with like ten songs each. They don't count as albums, but they're oh. they're like mixtapes. Un under the label's rules. Under the, the label's new the rules, they don't nullify the contract. So he was just making them more and more money without negotiating his contract, just because he wanted to give music to his fans. Yeah, like that's respect, dude. Shout, like shout he was NBA. fucking up his bag to to please his fans. You know? Okay, but but wouldn't you say NBA does more uh, quantity over quality? Like I, hear I the, honestly look. I I can't really answer that because I don't really listen to him much. Uh, there's been a couple yeah. songs that I like of his, but I don't. I I can't tell you I've listened to a full project of his because I have it. I'll listen to a full project and find like eight out of ten songs are dog shit, and then there's two bangers, bangers. and the same thing in every fucking. Album. Well, like, then, I'm like, dude, really? Most <laughs> albums, I feel. Like wait, make me wait a year and a half and give me yeah and give me the 10 good songs exactly in one fucking project about. that's and exactly what i'm, I'm gonna be about. on my knees you feel me then that's that's something that kanye had on lock that's why like not that's something that kanye had on lock for example kanye would take two years to release sure. an album and yeah. the album was fucking perfect it's Travis. what kendrick lamar every single piece on. of music they release is s tier uh, like it's -tier. fucking amazing yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> that's a, no, that's a good. Uh, I like that. It's, it's literally way. every single they they respect they respect the music. They don't see it as a way to make money. Hold so up, who's, yeah, who's your favorite artist? Then? I think we're good. <sighs> that's a hard question. Who's inspired you the most? Probably Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars? Not not musically, but as an artist. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. there's very few people that have the dedication and the love and the talent that that man has. Mm. Um, when I I, he knows this. I wanted to be an NBA player before I before I became an artist. Oh, for real? Yeah, and the reason, so I had been training my whole fucking life for this shit, like literally five hours a day, every single fucking day, and and one of the reasons was because one of my doctors, you know how they can do X rays on your hands to see how much you're gonna grow, the, your growth plates. He told me I was gonna be six foot three. Motherfucker right. was a liar. Bro. He was a fucking liar, dog. Get where the fuck is that dog? <laughs> he told me I was gonna be six foot three. So I was like, all right, I, I'm already passionate about basketball, but this means that I can literally make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm gonna drop everything and I'm gonna focus on this shit. Yeah. So I would literally train. I would get out of school at two. I would go to the gym for two hours. Then I would have practice for two hours. Then after practice, I would I would have a personal trainer that I would literally train basketball with, and it was like this every single day for two years. When I turned 16, I went to the doctor again. And it was a routine checkup to see how the growth was going, whatever. Um, I think at this point I was like 5'8". What are you now? I'm 5'10". So basically, he looked at my growth plates and whatever. Uh, we took the x-rays. I thought it was going to be in and out. We're good. Bye. I come in and he's like, they're gone. Like, they're gone. The fuck you mean? Your growth plates, you're done. Dude, I, I know it doesn't sound like a big deal nowadays. I fucking cried, dude. Of dude. course, that's like your whole... Your it was my whole life. Like, I, I wouldn't go out on Fridays. I would train Fridays. I would train Saturdays yeah. from 5 a.m. I would wake up at 5 in the morning on a Saturday oh. and Sunday to train all day. I, would, I, would, I was also training for triathlons at the same time. So it was... Like, I was fully fucking dedicated to it. That shit hit me hard. Hmm. Because... The thing with me is I was never naturally athletic. Uh, I like you know this. I was so unathletic. It's not funny. So every single every single thing that I got was because I trained my ass off to be able to be that good. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a high ceiling in basketball because I'm not athletic, so I can't 
jump that high yeah or i could at some point but it was because i trained my legs so hard that i i and i and i still didn't have a ridiculous vertical like i jumped like i had a 32 inch vert which is still high mm-hmm. but it's not Bro, mba level athlete fuck. when you were what 15 years old yeah 16 you're like a rabbit well be, because i Bro. literally trained my ass off like my legs every fucking day and the second i stopped in two weeks i didn't have it anymore hmm. i couldn't jump 32 inches anymore i could jump like what 25 Ka- which Kanye is so high Kanye said if he dropped everything right now he could go to the nba Dude, nah bro <laughs> nah, no that shot, might be no even shot. more wild than what he said about the juice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no. are wild in dog he's off it um no nah, i'm joking he nah, takes that he takes that to the next level he takes that like yo you gotta aim like he takes it to the next level dude it's just it's so sad to see a legend fall that hard like dude you already had everything made all you needed to do was shut up but he doesn't care about making money anymore like he already made well dude you you realize he just lost like 90 percent of his net worth because of the adidas deal right he was he had a five billion dollar valuation he's below a billion he's not a billionaire anymore I mean, he still has a shit ton of money, obviously. But and yeah, he has to pay 200k and a month to Kim. Exactly. That's so crazy, bro. Kim made out like a bandit with that 200K divorce. 200k a month? Yeah. She's the goat for that one. <laughs> Fucking her and Skeet are probably somewhere in the same No, they broke up. Done, bro. She's They're dating. Done? Yeah. She's dating uh, who? Because he wasn't black when he said it. And he, bro, can we talk about how, <laughs> bro, P. Davidson is the best fucking home run hitter of all fucking time. Bro, yeah, I don't get where the fuck he pulls it. He's dating Emily. How do you pronounce it? Emrata. He's dating Emrata right now. He doesn't miss. He doesn't fucking miss. Damn, that's right. crazy. Everyone that's watching the podcast, just make the girl laugh, and you can bag it a total out of <laughs> Oh, I mean, they say he has a big personality. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> I don't know, man. I always, whatever I see him in, I, like, don't fuck with him. His eyes look droopy. He's, like, covered in yats. Honestly, I fuck with, I, I do fuck with this personality. The dude is, like, genuinely funny, and, like, a real dude. I don't find him funny. Sorry, man. Have yeah, you I Have you it. seen the movie? Have you seen I mean, King of Staten Island? I, I, it's not like I watch a stand-up, but, like, everything I've seen about him, I've, like, he seems like a really genuine guy. You know, like... Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't feel the need to fucking hate him. You know, like, so many people hate him for no fucking reason that... Like, it's cause yay. I mean, first of all, I don't understand how that motherfucker grew a cult out of fucking nowhere. Who? Kanye. What like, bro, mean? they fucking like Kanye fans are like ridiculous. Yeah, but Kanye's been uh, top of the game for. Okay, yeah, and I I feel that, but dude, years. you you liked his music. That doesn't mean you have to take life advice from the man. Yeah. I mean, he's very inspirational. And the I agree. That he said and the things that he's done and not all of them. He, not 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 all of them. <laughs> even the vision he has right now with high. That's exactly what makes him so fucking dangerous. I know. That's what pisses me off because he has the right <laughs> ideas. He has the vision to move forward, to move our society forward. But he just says Had. dumb shit mm. like that. Just fucks it, fucks it all up. But what? how can we look up to you as a leader when you're spewing hate? Yeah, and 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 and, and, and I agree with you to a certain extent. I think he had the right idea. Mm. I think he lost his way hard as fuck. And I think, mm. honestly, I think it was his divorce that really sent him over the edge. But, but, like... What made him, like, what what just took you over the edge? Reason? Uh, for him, like, it's been a minute. You know, like, yeah. before it was easy to ignore what he said. I was just like, dude, dude is going through some shit. You know, he's bipolar. Like, but at some point, there there's millions of people that live with, uh, that are bipolar. And they don't do the shit he does. Yeah. And, and, and... He doesn't. He doesn't want to take his meds. I mean, I'm also sure that there is some shit with the industry that's that we're not seeing, that is genuinely the fucking JMs. with him. Yeah. The JM, the JM. Like I'm, I'm 100 sure that there is something there too, but there is no fucking excuse for what he's saying right now. There is no fucking excuse. Mm. And and when you have that much power and that much responsibility, where you have so much influence over so many people, like you, you might think that no one believes what he's saying. They do. I don't. You, but that's the thing. It would be. It would be worse. If, like, it was... So, the other person, he just did the Alex Jones and, and Nick Fuentes. Yeah. Like, Nick Fuentes is a lot scarier, in my opinion, than, like... Do you know that? Kanye. The thing is, dude, the the way Nick Fuentes is perceived, there's people that still follow him. But Nick Fuentes, most people see him as, like, that motherfucker's crazy. Like, shut the, like no one gives a fuck. Yeah, but he's a very... Like, that person who says he's crazy, Nick Fuentes would, like, obliterate him in an argument. Okay, I get that. But Kanye is the thing is people believe in him because artists are dangerous that way. Because artists touch your heart. Yeah, I feel I feel what he's saying. It's, it's like, it's different. Like, people believe 
in the shit he says for a different reason mm-hmm. than people believe in the shit Nick Fuentes so, or Steven Crowder say. And, and let me let me like, just say this you, really you can clearly to him in a different way. I that guy inspired me. But really though, like when he says when he says these things, like are people really like being like? Damn, you made a good point there. Because there's people, look, yeah. the, the thing you need to realize know. is that people aren't necessarily radicalized. But a lot of people are on the fence. You wouldn't think about it because yeah. people shut the fuck up about everything. No one says anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I think part of what's happening right now with the radicalization of everything is PC culture and cancel culture. Because I, I, I think people are so scared to say shit that they repress it and then they become radicalized. They think it's crazy. We're but There's a huge this. divide there. But it's... There's a lot of people that don't necessarily believe it, but when they hear someone they idolize like Kanye and they're on the fence about it, they go all the way to the other side. Yeah. Especially when people, I think this is also like another thing, deplatforming people is so stupid. Mm. You're just making their message ring way louder. You're mm, just you're just amplifying that. them. I don't know, because you could like when they deplatform like Tay and even even Kanye and stuff like he. Oh yeah, of course. When they deplatformed him, um, you you heard about him a lot less, you know. Okay, Tay, I could see but, because of his strategy to to be where he was. But there's there's people that know about th- that know who Tate is because he got deplatformed. Yeah, that's yeah, for but sure. you just hear about. Honestly, him. I just think I just think for most people, like there's some exceptions, honestly, but most people you shouldn't deplatform them because yeah, dude, like there's it's, exceptions. It, there's exceptions, 100. percent But but I just think it's. It's not the right way to go about things. Totally. Agree. It's you you argue with them. You give your points. And yes, I I agree that some more people will probably turn to their side because they can see it, you know, but if you try to hide everything, I I think it's literally dystopian. That's that's the most that might be my like my the most annoying <laughs> thing for me honestly. Just people who uh, I'll say something and then they'll just be like no, that's crazy. I'm like, why? Why is it crazy? Tell, tell me. I want to know if I'm crazy. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> like, but people just they don't they don't like uh, they don't listen. They don't anymore. understand that if like if someone's saying something outrageous and I'm arguing with them, but I can't like knock down their argument, I feel like I lost. I feel yeah. like I have to do more research now. Yeah. I have to like because fuck, maybe the world is just crazy and we have to. He's yeah. right, but people just say nah. I mean, the reason that I have it, I think Twitter is the worst fucking platform ever fucking made. I think it's literally pushed society back by like 50 years. TikTok is close. Uh, TikTok is close. <laughs> Twitter might be worse. Mm. The reason why Twitter might be worse, TikTok, and this is also a problem, but like you can see one TikTok and like it and then you start seeing other things and you can get something like it. it's the it algorithm is so bias. fucking efficient that it literally you like one post and you go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. from that content yeah. you know yeah. and but then you like another post and you go down another so like it's more balanced when you look at fucking twitter dude it's a fucking echo chamber no matter yeah. where you go like there's people saying like it's okay to kill children and there's 2000 likes like, like you know what i mean like it's an mm-hmm. echo chamber and you follow these same accounts that say the same shit and confirm what you yeah, they they reinforce. They what reinforce you hear exactly, yeah. and you see so many likes on these posts that are saying like fucking anti-Semitic shit. Like if you look at Kanye's fucking tweets about anti-Semitic shit, they had like sixty thousand likes. So the people that were like kind of thinking it that didn't really, they didn't weren't sure see that many people supporting it, and they're like, it, it it's adds right to that. Uh, yeah, cup you're of right. Water. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can see. It's like the crowd following the herd. Exactly. It's they think it's more okay to think it because so many yeah. other people think it. Mm. So. It, it makes it more common for people with radicalized mindsets to find other people that are also radicalized to reinforce their beliefs. Hmm. So it's fucking ridiculous. I fucking hate Twitter too because people are just... Are uh, you on it? I, I have a Twitter account, but I don't use it. Hmm. Like, I, I just... Honestly, I really hope Elon Musk goes broke because I really want that shit to run into the ground. At, at the same time, Twitter can be used for good things. Hmm. Like... Like anything. Yeah, like anything. But I think... <laughs> the harm it causes is more than the good things it does um personally yeah anything that rewards just impulsivity is not good it's just like man it really makes people that are dumb as fuck think they're smart as shit yeah we're we we've spitballed a lot of negativity yeah (laughs) for the past like 15 20 yeah fuck twitter let me just 180 real quick all right what's like a moment in your budding career that has made you feel like wow like i'm 
you know, I'm on the I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I what I dreamt of doing. It's working. Honestly, it's the first time I stepped on a stage and I felt comfortable. Because if you know, you've known me my whole life. I used to be super introverted, super nervous yeah. about everything. Like getting on a stage, you never would have thought four years ago. It's something that really scared me because I I didn't want people to think that I just wasn't made for this. You know, it it's scary to step on that stage because you're putting yourself and your heart and soul out for everyone to see. Because when you go on a stage, everyone's looking at you. Uh, I started um, the first time I got on a stage was five years ago the first time I went to Berkeley I went to Berkeley for for five week of program in, in Berkeley College of Music obviously one of the best summers of my life first of all uh, met some of my best friends to this day okay. some of the best music yeah let's say something um, some of the best musicians I've ever met in my life and that's bar none including the people I've met in the industry and these were 16, 17 year old kids it's crazy um where was I going with this? <laughs> no, the first Getting time on stage. stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first time I sang in front of people um, was we had an ensemble, and we were we were singing a Michael Jackson song. I mean, a Jackson 5 song. I don't remember. And and we had the whole ensemble, whatever. It wasn't even that many people. It was like, what, 25 people. But I was so scared to go on stage that I was, like, paralyzed. Like, everyone else was dancing. I was like this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And and I got off stage and the teacher was like, you're good. Like, you just need to get used to it, whatever. From then on, I was terrified to get on a stage because I thought I couldn't, I couldn't move. Like, I, 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 my mind went blank. Fast forward for five years, beginning of this year. Um, I just started doing the process of releasing my first song, Chocolatico, which is a song that's doing really well. It's top five in Puerto Rico, yeah. uh, number nine in Chile, number Shit. eight in Ecuador. Like, it's it's crazy what it's doing, and I'm so grateful because I never would have managed my, imagined my first release would do this well. Um, and basically, there was this DJ from Barranquilla. We were going to do go to the festivales that, that are very important in Colombia, in Barranquilla, they do, hacen un desfile, like they do this whole parade. parade. And we went and, and this DJ was like, dude, I love your song. Let me play it in the club and come sing. So he played it the whole week before I showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the way you play in clubs is you try to play covers too so that people will get into it and then you play your music so that they'll listen to it. Because if you just come in playing songs they don't know, they'll, they'll just pull you off stage mm-hmm. because people are drunk. They're there to have a good time. If they're hearing music that they can't sing, they don't want to They don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to go there. They played my song the whole week so that people would know it. And and I show up and I was going to sing John Aguni. Um, so whatever I'm super nervous I do the sound check everything goes fine I'm super fucking nervous to get on and and they're like they give me the mic and they're like alright go because they said I ended up singing at 11 they said that I was gonna sing at 1 but then they were like whatever fuck it just go on so I went on and everything's going perfect as soon as I step on the stage I trip on a wire I don't <sighs> fall but I, I like stumble and I try to like recover my step and I stumble again. Oh god. So you can imagine. You see this <laughs> motherfucker. You're at a club. You're drunk. They tell you, oh, like this artist is coming on. You're like, oh, okay. And you turn around, you see this motherfucker stumbling on stage. Okay, oh so so then I, I go up and I'm like, ah, when I'm not just Barranquilla, whatever. And everyone's like, and they actually like they were nice. Like they were like, yeah, like, let's go. And I start doing Aguni and everyone's like, whoa. Because they want to sing the song. I start singing Yonaguni, everything's going perfect. I do the intro, I do the first chorus. I get to the verse and I blank. Wow. I forget the first five lines of the verse. Jesus so I'm standing there like a deer in headlights. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm literally like, I, I'm so shocked. Like, I'm looking at like my producer to help yeah. me. Like, I don't know. And the worst part is the people were singing it. Mm-hmm. So they were still singing it and yeah. I could have played it off, but I was so caught in the headlights yeah. that. that I, I didn't know how to play it off. I don't know what to do. So, so like, people started realizing and they started going, like, huh? Then I caught it and I finished the song. And then I went into Chocolatico. Everything else went great. Um, but I got off and I was like, that's never happening to me again. Nice. That is never fucking happening to me. That's the worst fucking feeling ever. You feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. 
Like <laughs> genuinely, like it's not even it's it makes you question if you really want to be an artist. It makes you genuinely question yeah, if you're good that. for this. Yeah. Because it's like if you I don't know, if you had your first business deal, let's say, uh, just for it to be more relatable. And let's say it's like this normal business transaction. I don't fucking know. And the first thing you do is fuck up the the pay or you like take off a, a number and end up fucking like you know like you yeah. fuck up royally on the first shit. thing you do yeah. yeah it really makes you stop and think if you're made for this mm -hmm. i was sad as fuck for the next three days i didn't show it like i was just like playing it off yeah i played it off i was like oh yeah i fucked up next time i won't have uh. but i was genuinely like i cried like i fucking cried dude mm -hmm. I, i got off that stage and i went home to the hotel room and i fucking cried and After all that shit, I said that's never happening to me again. It's never happening to me again, and I and I focus on just feeling good with myself. I, I feel like when you're when you're in, on stage, your insecurities come up front because you feel like everyone can stare into your soul. That's how I feel when I'm on stage. So if you have any insecurities, they come out on stage. Mm. You'll see when someone's like shy. Mm. So. After all this shit, I, I started preparing more and I started um, singing more and doing vocal lessons, doing all this shit. And then they called me and they were like, we're doing a, a tour with students. So like schools, a school tour. Um, there's no better place to sing than in front of those kids. Mm -hmm. They have, they're so cool, dude. Like they, they'll cheer for anybody. <laughs> like they'll scream and they'll get crazy. They ask for autographs, they ask for pictures. Like it's crazy. So it's really good for you to start getting comfortable on stage. Um, it was still so fucking hard for me because, like, I was still fucking terrified of going on stage. I owe so much to those kids, like, nice. genuinely. Like, um, if I ever end up getting to the point where I want to get, it'll be because of that, genuinely. So <laughs> so I, I, I go on stage, whatever, and again, I'm paralyzed. I don't forget any words or anything, but I, get, I got paralyzed I, i was moving i was singing i was like uh, uh whatever and and i get off and the dude that organizes the tour is like um look it was good you sang well you got the voice but you you need to get more comfortable dude like you you're not moving you're not talking to the crowd people get bored and, and I, i took that shit hard too because i was like again but i mean it wasn't the same thing but whatever you're learning every time every time yeah, yeah. it's it's a step it's one step at a time once you get comfortable up on that stage dude you you can do whatever you want yeah then like the next show was a little better the next show was a little better and i got to a point where i got up on one of them and the show was amazing like i went up i screamed with them Oh, actually, this is a perfect story to tell, actually. So there's this other guy. I forget his name. I think it's like Alessandro or something. He's another um, singer. And this was when I was still kind of like really shy to get to get up on stage. This dude goes up before me and he does a fucking hell of a show. Like this motherfucker played sax. So he he did like he play, he sang his song and then at the middle he did a fucking sax solo. Oh, the crazy. kids were fucking screaming. They were losing their fucking minds. And I was on next. And I'm seeing all this shit and I'm like, dude, if I don't go up, And keep the energy up, like you're bombing. I'm yeah. fucked. Yeah, I was so scared. My friend was with me. One of my producers that that produced the song I showed you, um, his name Saki, or I mean that's his that's his art his producer, producer name, um, and and he tells me like, dude, you're gonna be fine. Just go up there and do it. And I was like, I'll, he literally told me, you, you look pale. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking terrified. And then dude comes off stage and they pass me the microphone. Uh, the sound systems in these fucking schools were complete garbage. I could not hear what I was singing. Mm. So, like, they give me the mic, and I'm like, all right, I gotta kill this shit. And I went up, and I fucking killed it. <laughs> and that I think that show was the turning point in my entire career. Because nice, when I went up there, and I felt that comfortable, and the kids were screaming, and I went up to them, and I had these little chocolate bars I was giving out with, with like, the name of the song and everything. And I gave it to to one of the kids, and they fell, and the kids dived. They they dove for it, uh -huh. and and like they fought over it. And, like they were screaming the songs. They even learned the songs like while I was singing them. It's it was crazy. Yeah. And after that, that prepared me a hell of a lot. And I did a couple more shows with the with the school tour. It was mm -hmm. amazing, super fun. And then I got an opportunity, which was singing at a festival in Ecuador. 
Okay. They invited me to sing at a festival that's called the Heat Festival. Mm. 30,000 people. I went from 200 kids mm. to 30,000 adults in the space of two months. Mm. You were ready. But yeah, I actually, like, obviously I got nervous before and there's no words to describe the feeling after you get off that stage. Yeah. Because honestly, the the performance was kind of a blur because I think I was so anxious that I just literally like blanked. But the show went amazing. Um, it was awesome, and and I got off and I I was screaming. I was literally screaming. Like I, I got off and I was like ah ah like, like literally because there's, fire, you have so dude. much energy and He's so much anxiety that you're screaming. Yeah, and and I like that show. If I would have fucked up on that show, it's thirty thousand people that see me fuck yeah. up. You know. Um, it's big. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a big. That sounds like a big point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's. Um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, we kind of have to wrap it up. Let's wrap but, it up real quick. But <laughs> I think that that's a good actually. That's actually a really good place to wrap it up because yeah. the message I got from that was, at that turn, the turning point wasn't exactly the students. It might have just been the first time that you fucked up. You either react in a way where it's like, I am not meant for this, or I'm gonna work even harder. And yeah. at the end, it paid off. So. I think um, I think that's a great point to Hold like up. end it up. Oh. One more thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah in, in a minute, in one minute, uh-huh. or in 30 seconds, what's one piece of advice you would give a person our age or even someone that's on Adri, someone music that's trying or to in start general? sharing their music general. in general for life? The moment you realize that the only person you have to please is yourself is the moment that you're going to actually take control of your life. (laughs) But let me expand on it real quick before we have to cut off. And it's honestly something I've realized recently because a lot of our lives, I feel like us as kids, we want to please our parents. We want them to be proud of us. We want to do the traditional route. Um, But at the end of the day, we don't know if there's a heaven, if there's a hell, if there's anything after this life. So... Do what makes you fucking happy. I know it's a cliche, but it's the truth. You're only here. Well, obviously, the, you need to care about other people and everything. I'm not saying be fu- a fucking selfish asshole, but you're here to please yourself. Do what makes you happy, no matter what it is. It's um, whether it's music, whether it's business, whether it's um, I don't fucking know. If you want to be a fucking influencer too, you can do that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's literally just. Just do your shit with your heart and do it because you want to, not because anyone else wants you to do it. Amen. Amen. I like that. I like that. Um, and when you die, you thank go you. to the next thank one. Brother, you. thank you for joining the podcast. Course, always. Picture. Picture. Oh, let's do, do it. Do whatever all you right. want. Which one? The one in the middle. The one in the middle. All what right. do you do for all your pictures? <laughs> hey, I, honestly, I do that. Just whatever. I don't Sweet. fucking know, man. Nice, <laughs> 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 bro. Thank, thank you for you coming on, bro. Of course, always. Hips out, hips out. Oh, I got my ear.